how do you view you? Today's guest is Chuck T from Rich City Studios, talking about the 10,000 hour program. Enjoy. My name is Charles Chuck T Turner. I am the owner and head engineer and also a music producer at Rich City Studios located in Richmond, California. It's inside the Market Square Mall at 322 Harbor Way, Richmond, California, 94801. And I also own a company called 10,000 Hours of Music. And with 10,000 Hours of Music, I work with youth, giving them different experience in the music industry and in the audio engineering field. And our mission with 10,000 Hours of Music is to give low-income urban youth an opportunity to gain experience as musicians, audio engineers, recording artists, and music producers so they can pursue college degrees and careers in related fields. And behind that, like how I do this is, I teach. I have a few classes that I offer, and my two main ones are a class in music production where I teach the youth how to make beats using Reason or Machine, and uh, also I do like tutoring for Logic because I know how to use different softwares for music production. But the main ones that I teach off of are Machine and Propellerheads Reason. And another thing that I, a class that I do and I offer is an audio engineering class. And in this class, I take students from the beginning, from like really the science of sound, like mm. what is EQing, how that works, how the actual ear and the brain connect, how that works when sound goes through the ear and travels to the brain, and how that what what goes on there scientifically and medically. Because um, as quiet as it kept, a lot of people look at what I do because it's in the music field as, oh, well, that's music, and, you know, kind of anybody can do it. Just practice, pick up an instrument and <laughs> yeah, do right. it. But the audio engineering side really falls under STEM because there's a science to this. Like, it took science to make reverb, to create reverb, and there are scientific equations and math behind that. And this is called audio engineering. So yeah. <laughs> there goes the E in that. Yeah. And then... We use computers and all that tech. All the letters of STEM are here. Yeah. It's just received some bias sometimes because it seems a little simple. And then because... Who's doing it? Right. And then yeah. and then <clears throat> it's become such an easy hobbyist task and people overlook what's going on. It's like, well, yeah, me and my friend have a podcast. And it's like, bro, you're, you're in the STEM world. Congrats, welcome. Like, <laughs> like, like who you you do the you do the producing on it and you you mix it and do all that, right? Well, you you're in the STEM world, or quiet as it's kept, and that's empowering, right? To to people that that think you, your hobby is really being something that's that's real, that's real, and somebody will pay you for these things that you can do. Yes, and so I like to teach, like I said, low income urban youth because um, growing up, I mean, I'm. I'm from Oakland. My studio's in Richmond, and that's because my father is from Richmond. Mm. So my entire father's side of the family is, is from Richmond. My mom's from Oakland. Grew up in Oakland. When I'm not there, I'm in Richmond messing with my family out here, seeing my grandma and all that. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, I felt like it was an intelligent thing to do. In Oakland, there are a lot of studios. Some of my friends even own some of these mm. studios. And with the market being just so saturated, it, Richmond just seemed like a good move because it's there are a few studios around, but um, you know I just saw my niche and I created it and I I made myself affordable for up and coming artists. Uh, that's one thing that I like about the the, the ten thousand hour. How how would a 
child or anybody, whoever, uh, sign up? Is there a sign up way, or how do we get? Well, involved? lately I've been doing it one on one with because of um, I'm I'm currently setting everything up. I hope by January of 2020 to be able to start doing at least classes of ten, and I, wow. I will be able to maybe offer that three times a day, and I'll just do it. Maybe start off one time, one day yeah, a yeah. week, and yeah, just yeah, yeah. Um, so like, yes, I I do it for about one on one for seventy five dollars an hour. But the program itself, it takes about four months. Maybe depending on on a one-on-one, depending on how fast you learn and you can really soak this up, we might be able to cut it down a month. Yeah, yeah. But um, I really like it. It take in a group setting. I have it set up to be about sixteen weeks, like one one time a week, and it'll take about sixteen. So that's four months, and that's just that's ser- like seriously depending on how well they learn it. It might run yeah. a little bit longer because I haven't done it in a group setting. Yeah. I've only done it um, one-on-one with people. and I have uh, I already got a couple people I think that have come. It's a dude that lives in uh, uh, Point Richmond. He has a 14-year-old son, and his son wants to do it. So okay. I'm, uh, I'll definitely give it to you, and you'll, he'll call. He'll mm-hmm. call, and uh, you, you do one-on-ones right now. Though. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. I'll, I'll, I got a, at least two. Okay. So. And, cause, and I'm also like – my focus is for the youth because um, they have the time and the energy, you know, like they can they can really excel and apply these skills and in, in exactly how I'm saying, like they can go and pursue degrees and stuff. Yeah. And they have the time like I'm not I, I am willing to teach adults these same skills. And it's just like I know with some adults, they be like, man, I got kids and everything. I can't really go back to school. But I mean, you can learn some of these skills and maybe go get a job. Everything I have worked up for ten thousand hours is very complex planning. Yeah. I just saw. I was like, "Well, I need to speak on that now." And so, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yes, uh, as a part of my program, though, like after you go through the four months um, program, and once you're finished, also starting in January. Currently, I have um, one booth that I record out of, but I'm looking to when around January, February, I'm going to open up another location within this building that I'm in for a second studio. And when students finish going through my program, they will have a discounted access to rent out the studio so that way they can start engineering and building their own networks and start, you know, perfecting their own craft. Because um, one thing that has got me to this level where I'm at has just really been practice, trial and error. Because if if you're not practicing that back to like the STEM, the T part, if you don't have the technology you're going to have a hard time practicing. Like, you can have all the skills in the world, but if you don't have a computer to record at or to make your beat at or yeah. to do any of that stuff at, it's it's kind of going to get lost. I learned how to – when I was in college, I took Arabic uh, for three years wow. and, and took uh, Arabic with an Egyptian dialect when I was speaking it very well. But outside of class, I don't have any friends that speak Arabic. Yeah. So I lost it. <laughs> I did and the same thing with piano. I was like, you play piano every day, get an A in the class, and then come home and don't play piano. You're going to lose it. Same with Spanish. Yeah, right. You're going to lose it. So that's that's what happened with that. And the same can happen with this after I teach you because it's like, you know, I realized I was like, I'm going to give them all these skills and then no outlet. Because they can't do it at home, right? And not—I mean, maybe somebody might have parents, or they'll have them a side job, or you know, I mean, you know, I—that's how I got to the, where I'm at now. Yeah. You know, I, I worked in high school and then in college, I hustled and even took this small—I had less than what I have now and was running a studio out of my house. Wow. I mean, I, where I was renting out of in college. So, 
you know, you get it how you live, as they say. Yeah, you got to do it. You got to do it. But I, I want to help them get it as they live, you yeah. know, because um, I got my start teaching. Uh, I got my start with all of this in a program called Youth Radio. And it's located in Oakland now, but when I got my start with it, it was originally located in Berkeley on University mm-hmm. Ave, like directly across the street from where that Nations is. It's now like a piano class or a piano sales yeah. store, something now where where that location is. That's what Euphoria yeah. used to be. And um, to my understanding, I, I ran into my teacher slash mentor when it comes to music production, the man who taught me everything, a man named, by the name of Ben Frost. Ran into him not too long ago. And he was telling me that I was like a part of the second, maybe, maybe third class to ever get taught music production through Youth Radio. It was him and another guy. He actually, his name is 108K, uh, Brandon McFarland. That was my, the other person who taught me. He's actually a good friend. Our families go back, kind of, actually. Some of that small world stuff you meet, don't know each other. But then as you start talking, it's like, wait, that's your uncle? That's your dad? Those your folks? Yeah. Oh, man. we, we <laughs> Right, they're all my people. Yeah. So it's like, but, um, yeah, they were my teachers, and they taught me how to make beats. And in the program, you go through it, and then you actually become a teacher. And so I've been teaching beats for a while, and when I was in that program, I actually taught a, a few of the people from the Bay Area. Like uh, one of two of my students were I am Sue and Kuya of the Invasion. Mm. Um, I taught that's Pilo's older brother. I taught them how to make beats. Um, I taught a brother named by the name of Doc Dollars from Richmond out here. He's doing his thing, brand new money. Shout out to mm. them. I, I taught him how to uh, make beats as well through the program. So I been in the scene here and there it was just I went away to college after graduating and did my thing and that kind of took me out of the scene because yeah. I was I was away at college for about six years or whatnot like just living in the area and you know doing my thing where but, you go to college uh, I went to Howard University in Washington DC Nigga. oh that's good yeah yeah it was Damn. it was real fun it's a, it's a change though huh um because we we technically still call that that's east coast yeah it's like east coast meets south all the way like, huh. um, you know, they got the Southern drawl in their talk somewhat, huh. but, I mean, it's still kind of East Coast fashion and mm. East Coast style in a sense. But really, really, though, D- D.C. got its own flavor, man. Like, really? Like, D.C. got its own flavor. It's its huh. own place. And I mean, like, the whole it's called, the, you know, they'd be like DMV, uh, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. But I mean, even though they include them together, all three of those places got their own different style, man. They own they own accents, they own everything, like you know. But like, DC was cool. It's Chocolate City, man. Like when I got out there, it was before a lot of, to my understanding, from people that's still out there. I talk to it's a lot of like gentrification kind of going on, and it's like it's like Chocolate City with the with the Marshmallow Center or something now or something like. To my understanding, but like, you know. One thing that me and my folks, uh, my homeboy, Pendarvis Harshaw, he's actually a journalist for KQED and mm. does a lot of good things. We ended up going out there at the same time. We knew each other beforehand. We actually worked at Youth Radio, and we both ended up applying, got in. So wow. then we just kept rolling out there. Two Oakland brothers that actually knew each other beforehand, yeah. you know, doing our thing. And um, one thing me and him used to always talk about was just how you look on a map, it was almost like, Oakland and D.C. was kind of on the same line, like really? the longitude and latitude. It was like almost equal, like it's just a straight shot when you're on that plane going uh-huh. over there. And like there are a lot of similarities, um, I feel, with the people of, of of D.C. and just like with Oakland. Like, I mean, even just with the, the, the mind state of folks in the Bay. 
I mean, there it's different because the weather is different, the yeah. the laws are different. You know, they don't. They, we got we from California, so we got some more freedoms than some other folks might yeah. have where they at. You know, especially right now with all the laws is going on around the country. Mm. So, um, you know, but I, I really like DC though, man. Yeah. It was, it was some people move from not predominantly black cities and go to those cities and then sometimes it's the other way they leave a predominantly black area and go to a not and it was like culture shock whereas with me it was like it was like i went from a city in an area that was mostly black but very diverse the bay yeah yeah and then i went to a spot that was like whoa it's black folks everywhere we we out here (laughs) like like man we deep out here so it was fun though so it's like everything like bank owners everything is is black businesses or is just black people black people like there are black businesses of course yeah but um like the culture of eating out there i noticed it was like a lot of these things called carryouts and you go to this spot on the corner and um, they like sell everything up out of there. You get you like pizza, get you some wings, get you some Chinese food, get you some. In like, one place? In yeah, one place. It's called Carryout. Huh. <laughs> That's where they be eating at. The carry, they be getting it from the Carryout. Like, you feel me? Like, real talk. Like, I can't even stun. I ate at a few Carryouts. Like, you got to hit the right one. Some of them, nah. No. Other ones, oh man, they got the they got some fire wings up in there, like you feel me. So like you know, it's just that's how they that's how they get down. Cause this is something I didn't learn until I got out there. Like yeah, it take five hours to get out there on a plane, but then you know how it take basically four to five hours to get to L.A. from here. It, them same four or five hours, you in New York from D.C. Man. So you could go hit up the whole East Coast. Like if you got if you out there vacation, like oh I got two weeks to just messing around. You can really, you know, like, all right, I'm finna go to Philly. I'm finna go check out the wow, Liberty Bell. from right there. Li- Philly is only two hours away from D.C. And then New York is only about two hours away from Philly. Jesus. Right. I didn't know it was all that close. Exactly. I didn't either until I got out there and I started catching a bus. They had this little China bus you could catch from D.C. up to New York. And it's like $34, $40 what? round trip. Oh. Red. It, it it was the most. It was like like that's some real like cultural experience for just the life of being out there because like you hop on this bus. It's like the idea of the mega bus, but it's like some family owned thing from some side like like a side hustle for a family. And they just be picking up people and taking because you get dropped off in uh in like Chinatown in Brooklyn and uh you know they just be like expected it like the first time I went it's kind of the thing like they you they expect you are you know they're like come on get on the bus what you wait no we gotta go like oh my my bad this is the bus right I'm not trying to hop. like they got three four buses you got to figure out which one it is but you hop on that thing they get you there yeah you know it was for 40 dollars round trip I, I mean you, you know it was a cool thing like, yeah, I'm gonna go yeah. to New York real quick I go to sleep on the bus right at the right time and then you wake up you there you know, go to your little room or link up with your peoples, take a shower, brush wow. teeth. Now you in the Big Apple. What's, what's the move? That needs to be <laughs> I think everybody should go. You should really travel. People, it's no way I should be this ignorant to stuff that's five, six hours away. I mean, you kind of, it's, you know what, uh, speaking on that and speaking straight to what New York is, like to what everything just encompasses, it's funny. Um, I was speaking to some folks with to New York, that's from New York. Some of my friends when I was at first got out there, and like my boy MJ, he from Brooklyn. I'm like, man, you know, all right, you from Brooklyn, so you ever one thing I was like, you ever been to the to the to the Statue of Liberty? And then he was like, yeah, on like a field trip once. 
He's like, but a lot of people don't go there from New York. It's just there. Like you don't. It's mm. like you kind of take it for granted. Kind of like maybe the Bay Bridge. I mean, the Golden Gate I Bridge. I've been to the Golden Gate. Right. The, exactly. And yeah. I was like, you know, because when he said that at that time, I had really never been to the Golden Gate Bridge, and I had to think about. It. I was like, you know what? But that's what you do. It's just there. You just I, like, why would I go? That's a bridge. It's for crossing. But if, you know, like I don't have any reason to cross that right now. Pictures <laughs> of it. Right. But when you but when you're not from that place, they really try to showcase you, showcase the the spe- what makes it so special. And the then like yeah, yeah. And then yeah. like even when you go like when I finally took some out of from some friends from out of town there, and I started looking at some of the things that the Golden Gate and reading like what really makes that bridge special in comparison to other bridges, I'm like, oh, this is like, yeah, this is like one of the seven wonders of the world. Kind of like, you know, like this is kind of amazing how they built this. So that's crazy. You don't, you don't appreciate stuff until others appreciate it, I guess. Or, but it go even deeper than that. uh, So then I asked Brad about like, you know, New York is a city, but it's broken up into five boroughs. I asked him about one of the other boroughs. And if he ever goes there outside of Brooklyn, he's like, nah, for what? And I was like, what you mean? He's like, for what? Brooklyn got everything that that borough got. So why would I need to go over there to go? Like, if I need to go to a store or go hit something, I mean, Brooklyn got a place just like that. Like, that's how. And then, like, I realized, like, from talking to other people, that's kind of like the mentality. Like, I don't really need to leave Harlem because what I want is in Harlem or Manhattan. I could just go there. Or, you know, I don't really need to leave Queens. Like, I could go to the mall in Queens. I could go to the. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It sounds crazy. But then I mean, it, it makes true. sense at the same time. Because, I mean, like, you'll do it, like, as small as the old hood is out here. You might do that in your own hood. Like, man, I ain't finna go to that store over there. I'm finna just go to this store right here. Yeah. And then be mad if that store that you usually go to don't have your stuff. It's like, bro, you could just go right. You know, sometimes people yeah. won't leave their hood. They, they won't just... leave that. But that, 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 that rubs me the wrong way, though. But, I mean, I don't know what that mentality is called. I don't, I mean, could we can't go to Hilltop. I mean, you can get a pair of shoes and maybe a, a you can't even get a pretzel no more. But I mean, I got it's folks that uh, I had a client come here the other day. He from Oakland and he was telling his people like come through and they was like, man, Richmond. <laughs> they was like, and then I I know some Richmond cats that they be like, man, I ain't trying to go to the town, man. Y'all brothers be turned up, man. I'm cool and it's like, and then I like, but I know my situation a little different. Like I go, I told I was telling somebody, I was like, man, when I go to Oakland. I'm seeing folks I went to school with. I'm yeah, seeing people I was different. in programs with growing up and everything. It's all, you know, love. It's, and then I come out here. I mean, it's kind of like that because off of youth radio and some other things that I've just been in and people I know. And like like I said, my, my family from this side. Yeah. So I know the folks they know. Like, it's almost the same thing. But it's like, you know, it, it's a blessing because I do got friends that's really friends and clients that's really with it. That, yeah. that can't, you know, they it is parts of the planet that's sectioned off to them yeah, and they, they can't, can't step over to. there yeah, yeah. and you know so i do appreciate that that you know i ain't really i never been one to be having super funk with nobody yeah, and they ain't yeah. never really been that serious with nothing so that's a blessing you know because like like richie rich said don't nobody want funk like don't nobody in their right mind want funk you know right I everybody act like they want it's like for what you just it's harder to make money sometimes when you can't it's a limit yeah you know where, where where do you see yourself in five years if if everything is are you looking for partners are you looking for do you you looking for an artist are you looking for and, and really as the the rich city studios and the ten thousand hours are like of course two things are part of the same plan but they're really separate yeah um rich city studios is here so that way you know really up and comers are just even 
artists that just might be on a, a semi-tight budget can come and still get professional work done because like I was saying I went to Howard University mm. and I have a I graduated I have a degree in this and I've worked on some web series I've worked with a uh, Richmond City Councilman Nimless Johnson. I helped mm, him win yeah. his council seat this year. I was helping him with commercials and helped him set up things. I've, I've helped other businesses in this city set themselves up. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just Rich City Studios is just really here to assist the up and coming artists get their music out there and still get professional quality yep. and somewhere they could trust. And you know, and like I. Of course, I would like it to grow, and so that way it could put, because like I said, right now I offer just one booth, one studio space for someone to record. Mm-hmm. I'd like to be able to get some of my, um, some of the, like I said, some of the youth that I am teaching and working with to create an opportunity where they can work in other booths and other sections and get engineer, their money and yeah. engineer and do their thing and branch out on their own, you know, give them a platform to, to rise up from. And But as far as 10,000 hours of music, like, Yes, I would like to do exactly as our mission statement says, give them that experience and open up the door for them so they can choose where they want to go. Because I've even worked with some youth who didn't know what a sound recorder slash sound mixer is. And for anybody listening who doesn't know what that is, when you're watching a film and you see behind the scenes action, that's the person holding the boom mic. That's a sound recorder. And like I've worked with youth in high school who did not know that that was a real occupation and that it's an actual career Mm. that you can support yourself and pay your rent and do your own thing. And, like, although it might seem simple, like, all you're doing is holding a mic. But, I mean, from going to school and learning how to mix and do these things, like, really, that's another feather in the hat because if you're a sound designer, you can have the equipment, as I do. I have this equipment. I go and do sound mixing jobs for people. Then I come back to my studio and mix it. It's just an extra thing that you can do to get your stuff rolling so with 10,000 hours of music I'll hope to create more opportunities like that for the youth and then in five years everything okay five years everything works out then it's more than just me holding a 10 person class a few times a week and now it's a after school program mm. where maybe I some I've hired now some people maybe spot. some 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 students at like uh expressions or academy of art internships where they can go out and teach the youth these yeah. and an after school setting and that way we're branching out we're getting more youth this experience in the inner city like we're giving them an opportunity because there's are there are a lot of programs um that give youth experience in these things so i'm not trying to act like i'm the first like i said i came out of youth radio and that's where i got my experience there's a program rise center out here that does things but what i realized is that no one's really offering the youth um guidance if for lack of a better word in these fields like it's like this is how you make a beat have at it and then like some of them you know, they practice and practice and they get good and they sell some beats to some of the biggest local stars around here. And some people don't, but they still make these, maybe become an EDM type of producer or, you know, they find their own niche. But people are getting exposed to programs such as Pro Tools, which is an industry standard. And when you go to college, this is what you're learning on. And you can use so many things for this, but it's just like, I've noticed nobody really nurtures to that. Mm. And because I have the education and I have experience from just teaching at different aspects and different levels and doing it. I I sat down and just created a curriculum that was like really step by step on carrying you through this. So that way, when you get to college, 
if you do want to pursue this, you'll have a good advantage because I had that. And like, that's thanks to Euphradio. Euphradio yeah. showed me what Pro Tools was, showed me how to create a session and do certain things. When I got to college, some of my peers didn't know any they of that. They didn't know, it, yeah. they had never touched it before. Yeah. So in just me knowing how to create a session and start, start up a track to where I could record, it was some people I was like 10 steps ahead of. That's and, big, and Right. Especially in Pro Tools. <laughs> right. I ain't going to lie to you. I clicked the thing and it was like, it ain't working. <laughs> First time I had a Mac, I clicked it and it was like, because it didn't do anything. Right. You got to know what you're looking at. Yeah, right. that's, that, that makes sense. And that's like, true. That's true. And that little bit of knowledge, not only it gets you ahead of the game when you get to college, but like I just look at what I had and... I'm not thinking like I'm not saying this from like what I had and I'm special. I'm just I'm I'm looking at it really from what I had and I'm just a regular dude and anything I've done, anything that I look at like other anything you've done, that's great. But I'm a man too. I breathe the same air as you, bleed the same way as you do. We I could do it too if I apply myself, if I figure out the game plan, whatever you know. Everything. Yeah. It it can be done. Like you know, you're not that much of an anomaly. But I'm not trying to minimize your success. Yeah, yeah. I believe that just by being there and being able to nurture the interest that some youth might have yeah. because like I said I've worked for not just youth radio I work for a lot of different programs that have had music production or some type of audio engineering they had a studio set up and the kids could come and record mm. but it was like a pacifier it was like the kids could come and record we need something to show our grantors we want to have some beats done but you know just make sure you have some beats done but as far as that I mean you know after that yeah and it's just like well there's a lot of skills here, and I'm not even, like, I was in one program where I only had six weeks. Six weeks, you can teach somebody how to sit down and make a beat. Yep. But you can't teach them, like, again, the science of what's everything, like, and just the fundamentals, the basic fundamentals. Like, this is how we count a beat. This is how we count a measure in music. This is what a BPM is. Because a lot of people don't know. They have rhythm, but they don't know well, yeah. what a BPM is or how to count so, that thing. So a lot of dudes, we get in a the session, they be like, is that 16 yet? Is that Yeah, a lot of people can't count. Exactly. I meet a lot of artists who come, and yeah. they can, they have trouble counting their bars, and they've been rapping since 10. Yep. <laughs> yeah. They're like, that's not a 16. Like, bro, that's nine. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I'm sorry, bro. That's, yeah. that's nine. Uh, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> like, these basic fundamentals can be the difference maker because even when uh, I ghostwrite for people, I write my own songs. Like, uh, there's a certain rhythm and, and counts. Like, uh, as a producer, I kind of understand music maybe a little bit different from somebody who might just step in as I'm just a songwriter. Yeah. Like, I look at it sometimes in rhythms and beats. And, like, when Amigos first came out, I was like, huh, these guys are rapping in triplets. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that is so interesting. <laughs> I was like, they kind of tight for that. I never noticed that they rapped in triplets. Right. And I was like, these dudes rapping in triplets. I'm like, that's, that's raw. Like, that's super unique. Nobody's doing that. Yeah. Now people are doing it. Yeah. And, I mean, but you know what? Like. You know, people be. I guess people don't like the Migos because they're youngsters. Like, you know, they they got on at like eighteen, nineteen, and it wasn't like you know. Some people feel like you got to pay your dues or like you didn't know. Them. But like, straight up, them dudes was hot. They revolutionized the game. Like by them coming in rapping on triplets, they busted open the game for people to just have all type of funky flows. Now when they hop on the track and like play with it and do all kind of yeah. stuff. So like, you know, like they not the first, but they the first to be like, this is our style and this is how we're gonna rap and we're yeah. not diverting from this flow and this cadence. <laughs> like, you know, they. Because <laughs> I know Bone was mad for a second. Right. Well, 
actually the Migos was mad because somebody asked him, "Hey, you got this from Bone?" And right. and they're like, "No, we don't. We don't. Well, that's not how we do." And then we didn't get it from them. Yeah, but. I don't, I don't. Maybe certain moments. Maybe a maybe like one particular artist out of Bone Thugs. Maybe you could say that. But like. Bone Thugs and Harmony got their own kind of sound. It's kind of like it's kind of like when ASAP Rocky came out saying, "Oh, the Bone Thugs." Flow. I was like, "I don't hear it." Mm. <laughs> I was just like, "I don't, I don't hear it." I don't, I'm not saying anything about his style and his it is like craft and like how good he is. I'm just saying I don't hear that, y'all. Like, mm. I'm sorry, my ears is twi- like I I don't hear that. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like somebody please show me. And they was like, "You don't hear it on this song." I was like, "I just don't hear it." Hmm. I just don't hear it. I'm I don't sorry. listen to him. I don't even know. I never even heard him rap. I don't no. <laughs> yeah. None of them ASAP do. I don't. don't ASAP Ferg is raw. That's my favorite one. Is it ASAP okay. Ferg? He he raw. He the favorite. He my favorite one. Yeah, out of all of them, like I, I haven't heard everybody. I've heard people on like features. I don't know how they they kind of like new Wu Tang. Like I don't know how many people is in the ASAP yeah. crew. I feel like they deep. I could just be super wrong and uneducated. Like no, nah, bro, it's only eight of us. <laughs> like you feel me? There's still more. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's more. So. um but yeah, but you know, my bad. Getting back to everything, it's just like I think if I could present these opportunities and give them the experience, and if they do decide when they get into college that they want to pursue the audio engineering world or whatnot, because another thing people don't know is when you go to college, like uh, some of my some of my peers from Howard, they are journalists. Like like like, of course, I said my homeboy Penn Darvis is a journalist, but I mean like some of these people are are television journalists they're on local news stations all around the country and one of the things they had to learn was pro tools when we were in school because you're a journalist you're gonna like we're recording this podcast you're if you're gonna do a story you're gonna record it because what you might do is go out on the field and catch a story it's very noisy it's it's a fire let's say you're recording something Mm -hmm. about a fire fire trucks going around so you're not the the sounds of outside are gonna get in the way. So what you need to do now is take this recording, go to Pro Tools, remove the audio, the original audio, and then re-record your own audio underneath it. So that way it's clear and crisp, yeah. and you know that's why they, why they have the van. That's sometimes what they do in the van. I did not know that. Right, sometimes that happens. Like now, not every time maybe because the sound is good enough from but outside. You have to listen to it and know that right. it is good or not. And yet. you need to know how to use Pro. Well, now. There are other softwares out there, such as Audacity, which are a little bit more simpler to use and not as complex as Pro Tools. Right, right. right. So, but still, you know, I didn't you even still know need they the... use technology at all. Yes. I thought they was just throwing a mic in their face. Right. I didn't know that. Exactly. So, you know, these. So even if a, a child out there is like, well, I don't want to be sitting behind a board and mixing and mastering all oh, day. I don't like rap. I, like, you know, I want to be on TV. I want to yeah. be a journalist. I want to be, you know. You still kind of need to learn it, so it's a helpful skill. Yeah, that's good. Because I mean, and then even outside of that, you could turn this into like a side hustle. You can learn this and just be like, well, now I'm out here doing podcasts with people. I'm, you know, yeah. Now, oh, you 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 need somebody to fix your podcast? So you record it on your phone, bro. I email me the track. Wow, yeah. You know, (laughs) all that you can even do. Like if you got friends that rap, and you know they. You young, it's kind of like uh, I was at the barbershop. Barbara was telling me, man, if you didn't never start off in the kitchen or the garage, man, you I don't know what you was doing. And he's like, and he was talking about just how when he started in the kitchen and the garage, how he really started was cutting his homeboys' heads for like five dollars, two dollars. Yep. And another dude was like, yeah, my homeboy used to pay me ten dollars to cut my hair when he was practicing. Wow. <laughs> and it's just that's like real right, right. There, and yeah. it's just like that. I mean, that could be how you quote unquote pay your dues and put in your early work, and just like well. 
none of my friends really got any money like that because we all 12 or we all 13. <laughs> yeah. But we do got phones. We do have the beats that we want to use. We could maybe record this on our phones, have them email it to me. Because another thing that I plan to do is to have a um, kind of like a uh, computer lab or like a, yeah, I guess that's the best way to say it. Kind of like how they have the co-working spaces yeah. and have a space available to where, you know, you can come and mix. just like mix or make a beat real quick and just pay a little sh- fee for the day or pay a membership maybe for the month to give you access. So and Pro Tools will be on every computer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. now, you know, now with Pro Tools, you don't need, um, you don't necessarily need an interface if you're just going to do mixing. No, if it's all audio. Right. If, no, I mean, like, you know how you have your focus right here. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's just for recording because we have, we have these mics yeah, here we, and we, we weren't going to record. Yeah, but if yeah. you already have everything recorded, you don't even need a focus right for Pro Tools anymore. You can just need an eye lock and then you can start mixing right inside the, the box as an old professor used to say. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I, I hope to make that available as well so that way people can come and just work on them. You know, I, I want to really create an outlet and a space for because what good does it do if, like, this is a situation where, yeah, I'm going to teach you how to fish, but... We live in middle, like, if you don't, if I don't provide anything, we live in middle America and there's no river around, you know, it's like, oh, I don't want none of the seafood they got in this place. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, so, you know, I I understand that. And when I like drew up my business plan and just my my goals and everything and, you know, prayed about it, it it was brought to me like, you know, I need to have this as well. Like it it, it really is a disservice and a, a slight injustice to say, yeah, I'm here to work with low-income youth, and then say, well, I gave you all these skills. Go use them nowhere. Go use them yeah. nowhere, <laughs> right. You know, it's like, yeah, come on, man. Like, what am I doing? I'm trying to see if CDs can make a comeback. Because some people, you don't think so? No, because uh, I know someone who has a about a 20, 20 either as it's either a 2017 or it's a 2018 Fiat. Doesn't have a CD player in it at all. No, it's a brand new car that came with no CD player. So when I when they told me that, I was like, "Oh, it's over for CDs." It's over. I was like, "It's, it's over. No eight track. What do you play? <laughs> like, what are you I don't know, what, what, right? What are, what are my pops and all them think when they? When they t- <laughs> but because I'm thinking like they they closed iTunes. I'm like, how do I buy? I don't even know how to buy music. Now. They closed iTunes. I did I think, hear that. Well, well, see, I have Apple. They're pushing everybody to streaming. Yeah, they. I don't want to stream. Hmm? I don't want to stream. It's people now that they do. We do. We do album covers, and you only have to do the cover. Right. You don't have to do the back. You don't have to do a back. You don't have to do an insert. You don't have to do. Niggas used to live. I That's did. the reason. I used to live for inserts. Me too. So how do you get that back? As a producer, that's how I used to. Well, now you just got to Google track list and credits and stuff like that. Oh, jeez. But as a producer, yeah, that was like, you know, I guess I'm going to tell my age a little bit. But uh, when I was in school and I was getting, you know, working and everything I, and I had money to start doing stuff, I was, uh, I used to every Tuesday go to Circuit City. And hit mm. up that new that new CD release that they do for seven ninety nine, six ninety nine. You get the newest album. Oh, man, I used to hit that thing up so much, like weekly. Like that was my thing. That's how I used to stay up on it. And yeah, I used to live yeah. for the inserts too to see like as a producer, I'd be like, all right, who produced this one? Mm. Who produced this one? You feel me? And then, but by having the death of that, that actually opened up the door a bit for um for people to get ghostwriters. 
because like one thing I used to always look at was like I said producers, but then like on just I don't know I guess I don't know I'm fan fanboy like just being a fan you feel me it's like oh what's this rapper's name real name you feel me so I used oh, to always yeah, I used to, I used to always like look and just look at the credits and be like what's their real name like when as I got older and started learning more I, I used to be like man who are all these extra people mm. well, I'm like I'm like okay I know Timbaland's real name so that's Timbaland he made that beat. I know Ludacris's real name is, yeah. you know, and I'm, let me just clear it. I'm not just getting that Ludacris what I said, but I'm just giving an example. Like, I'm Chris Bridges, we know his name. Yeah. We know Timbaland, Timothy. Like, we, we know these things. So then when you see, like, when you see somebody that you really know, Pharrell and, you know, Nazir Jones or something, yeah. and then you see all these extra names next to it, it's like, well, who, are, who are those? And then that's when you find out about extra songwriters, people yeah. that contribute. And they used to have to do it, well, they when they did it, if it was, the song was a sample. So it would say like uh well, yeah. and stuff like that. But you know those names. Right. When it's some other dude named but now, Shambaka Jones, you're right. like, nigga, this nigga ghost wrote this. Right, you be wondering who are these folks. Yeah. But like, I don't know, it's the business of making hits. But the yeah, because the dude that uh, it, it's crazy. So the dude that was ghostwriting for Drake put out an album and it didn't do much of nothing. Mm-hmm. What? Well, I mean, he don't he not the sole ghostwriter for Drake. I just think he was like the main ghostwriter. Like Drake has other people that ghostwrite for him. It's like a it's like a think tank. So it's not he still it's not you still can't be a hit. You can be a hit maker and still not be a star. Well You know what I mean, the front. Well man, no, I but say. but what I'm saying is like we don't we're not really privy to what he wrote, nor how he wrote it. Like yeah. he could have said, you know, uh, I don't know, what's what's a what's a what's a what's a good one? Uh what's what's a line that everybody know? What's, I don't know. I, I run, any other time I'd be thinking of rap lines all day, but right yeah, now it was escaping. But I'm just like, let's say I'm not even just saying Drake. I'm just saying like maybe something like Pimp C is saying. You know, Pimp C had that southern draw and his accent that made his whole style yeah. what it was. So now imagine somebody else trying to say what Pimp C say, and they not from the south, like an East Coast cat, and he's not just like repeating the words like this is his favorite song. Like nope, he's about to come out like we never heard Pimp C before. Now he's about to come with Pimp C style. It's not necessarily gonna sound as good because it's not him or or then again let's say in another case uh somebody does the reference track but they don't have enough energy or you know it sounded cool when they laid it down but then the art the main artist who's going to perform this here's and it's like with my voice and my style i could go and elevate this and mm. put it on a whole another level so i'm finna you know and then that'll be the reason why that ghost rider ain't selling his own city it's like well you don't have that you don't, have, you don't have that energy that yeah, you know yeah. your it's cool. The lyrics are there. The the punchlines are there. It's just you're not delivering the right way. Delivering is part of. Because I mean, it's it's you know like it's it's art. It is art. You I know, we could both paint a tree. On, a, <laughs> but you know, we say which tree do you like? Two different trees. <laughs> you know, yeah. oh, Christmas tree every day. <laughs> Other people do a weed tree. So, right. Yeah, I understand. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, but. you know, it's, it's like no way to really call. I listen to a couple of dudes tracks, Quentin Miller. And, you know, I mean, he's his own man. I don't want to just be like, oh, that was weird. Because, like, when you listen to it, then since you got that information, it's like you're expecting the next. You're expecting, yep, this is Drake. Like, yeah. you're expecting to hear, like, just take his voice out and put Drake there. It's exactly the same. Yeah. Where there are a few artists who have, I hear and I, and they sign artists to their label. And I hear certain songs, I'm like, it sound like. It's like he signed, he or she signed this artist to write for to them. Write. You know, and because yeah, I can tell an Eminem verse when Dre do it. Oh, I well, can tell definitely. Uh, a Doc verse when Dre do it. Yeah. But I feel like the new rule of the game, man, I mean, 
I just, I don't know. I don't want to be like I'm giving away industry secrets because I don't even know. But this is just a theory I have on this. I feel like people just sign. Like, you'll discover an artist who is hot, and then you'll like his talent. And then because um, people are sometimes a slave to familiarity and, you know, just hate change so much that they're not always ready for a new artist. So you kind of got to break them in slowly and sometimes what I feel like be going on is those new artists who we hear and whoever they're attached to, those artists start kind of performing songs like the, or maybe they even just buy a song off that artist and then deliver it like that artist does to create a lane for their style. And then when you say, Hey, he sounds like, it's like, no, no, I was rapping like bruh. I was rapping like my little man's on album. I got it. You know, I borrowed his style. This is, this is him. This is how he come with it. How do you feel about that? I mean, that's cool to open up the lane for your boy if that's what's needed. I mean, I don't know. It just depends. Like, you know, the the music industry is crazy yeah. because it's the independent level and then it's the mainstream level. And each one calls for different moves and different players and different ways you got to think and look yeah. at things. Like, you, I mean, anybody that's a real music fan and ever followed a local artist who actually broke through or just followed somebody who was small time and then they really got big – you'll notice how once they get kind of big or when they release those albums that are meant for the whole world to hear them, they'll have like those, what I like to call international tracks. Like, like what's up with this beat? Or like, you know, like, <laughs> like you know, it's like, what's going on here? Dude? As a, as an African American, yeah, I do not, I, I, it's, I find a little hard to relate to this, this whole delivery yeah, and this beat selection. Yeah. But then you look at the numbers on that song or where it's getting streamed at the most. It's like, now I understand. Like, you had to create something because sometimes artists be big. Like, you know, they'll create maybe one song on their album and realize, like, oh, I just created a whole fan base out there off that one song. So let me yeah. make two songs like that now so they can ride with it and I get a show out there more often. It's a business. It is a business. It's a business. That's why I be trying to See, explain to people. It's a business, but you have fun in it. It's a business where you can have fun in it. But every, I think a lot of people, when they do what they love, they have fun in it. I got friends that's in the, that work in the stock market. And they seem to be cheesing every time I see them, and, mm. and 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 it ain't always because of the check, you know. It's just like that's what they want to do. That's what they like to do. I enjoy doing this. I have fun making music. Yeah, I have yeah, fun yeah, creating. Yeah. I have fun hearing somebody come to the studio and lay something down. And I'm like, man, that was hot. Like you know, it's just it's just great to see. You know, in a sense, I don't want to get too spiritual and religious on your no, on your, you, on your you, listeners but no, it's just great to it. see the power of god like yeah. you feel me like man like you come in off of nothing like and just create like even the, the chain of like a producer sitting there at his computer with nothing just created this piece and then you got it and just off of what you heard he was like you know i can kind of hear this and then you create something that's not only just the fact that you created something but it has this rhythm to it, and then it's relatable. It, it, people can gravitate to it. Like, man, that's amazing. You feel me? For that, people the, the, to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. it's like an, the invisible connection between all of us. Like, here's a dude all the way, like Gangnam Style. You know, Psy coming all the way from Korea. Yeah. The song wasn't even in English like that. Still took off. It was a, it was an energy. It hot, was a right? Energy yeah. and it, hot is hot. He, you know, you, you drop that bomb, it's, it's gonna blow up, I man. Think Snoop did a remix. He did. Yeah. I mean, all that, like, you know, like, Flip the Narrow, never heard of him. You drop that Leave Me Alone, boom. Everybody like it. Kids, I'm in the store, kids singing Leave Me Alone. <laughs> Adults singing Leave Me Alone. I mean, it's a hot song. When you drop something hot and you get the right kind of promotion and you, you know, work them angles and you get out there and do your thing, then it's a possibility. And that's what I try to 
tell, you know, the youth I work with and even my clients, it's like, you know, it's more to it than just coming here and recording this song and then then dropping it and putting it on your SoundCloud or just dropping it on iTunes and saying, hey, here's my song. Because, like, when you go to Instagram and all that, you got 2,000 followers. Well, that's who just saw it. Unless you're telling your followers, hey, repost this, please. Yeah, you know, then yeah. then then maybe you could reach 3,000 because if, you know, everybody shares it to their different people, then... You know, but still, the goal, you need to figure out how to get those people who don't know you and probably won't ever see you to hear you to, and see yeah. you. That's what I, 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 I was trying to write last night, and I was like, I, it's a verse. Well, it's just a line. It's, I can survive without being in your top five. And, and that's, that's doable. Yeah. It's just now, um, since CDs are dying, it's making it hard. Like, I think in the next year, year and a half, we're gonna see a drastic change in what is our local artists. I think, and, not, and I don't mean just here in the Bay. I mean across the entire yeah, United yeah, yeah. States, as far as the hip hop genre goes. I see that with the deaf CDs coming in, like they come in, some of those, some of our biggest local artists are gonna feel that the hardest because they've been able to survive because of the local fan base and give buying their yeah. seat. Like buy, like because like this is true. There are there are artists who I rock with. And they'll drop an album and like they may drop five albums a year, six albums a year, you know, maybe, mm. you know, they really work. I might hear one or two and I'll be like, eh, I only like like three songs off this 15 song album. But it's all right because in two months they finna drop something else and I can check that out. And then at the end of the year, now I got basically a playlist of new music and they come in the ground next year. Yeah. So in being a fan of supporting those artists, the risk and reward in, well, I'll buy this CD. You know, I mean, you kind of there's a lot of risk in that if you end yeah, up only liking two songs. But it's like I bought two songs. Uh, this artist, I really like them and like their music. I don't care if it's only two songs I like because I know my eight dollars, my thirteen dollars, just went to that artist to help their career and get so, me another right, album. Right, and then I'm going to go to their shows and all like they're you know. But when you take the, you know, if the CD's going for thirteen and you're keeping eight, and you sell. Let's say you come out with a CD and every time you sell, you come out, you sell 800 CDs for $8 or you sell 2,000 CDs for $8. Like, I mean, the Bay, you could pull it out. You got you 500 fans in Oakland, 500 fans in Richmond, 500 fans in Modesto, 500 fans in Vallejo. <laughs> you know, they it's are. doable. It's attainable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, eight, you just made you 16 grand. So let me go back in the booth and do it again. And it's only going to cost me maybe four or five grand to put this album together, buying beats, getting studio time. Boom. Another 16 grand. Maybe more because I've got more fans and I'm releasing more music. But when you take that CD out of the out of the picture, now all you're relying on is streams, and it's like streams are so iffy. And they give you what point zero zero zero. Yeah, so you got to run them up, and then it becomes like a popularity contest in a major way. In a major way, or like going to win a popularity contest, or if not a popularity contest, it's just like. All eyes on me, you know. You trying to pull all? You just trying At to do any something. Cost, though. You're like, yeah, that's why all that's why clout chasing has become the new trendy thing to call out. Like, hey, this dude clout chasing. Like, because it's just like if I like twenty two savage. You remember him? No. Oh, you never heard about him? Okay. Well, for those that don't know, you know about twenty one savage. Yeah. It was a dude that came out from Louisiana calling himself twenty two savage right after that. Just like basically stealing a little bit of the spotlight yeah. from dude. But I mean, dude was like a comedian. So like wow. he did, Steel, so, but so he did that like in a joke. But then what ended up happening was he was making like serious enough songs. Bruh started taking off. Wow! 
he started getting shows. He started doing stuff. And then, so it was like, bro, you're eating off my name. You know, you 22, Savage. That would, that would, uh, that's like a motherfucker on Price is Right doing a dollar above you. Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> that's not right. Exactly. That's a big price. I'm going to go a dollar above One dollar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 5001 5, <laughs> Actual retail price, 5025 Ding, ding. Like, you. Yeah, right. You yeah. trip them when they try to run off oh, the stairs. God. I don't know. I don't, right. Like, I don't yeah, like man. That. Come on, alter ego, E41. Like what? <laughs> what? Right, you gonna get, you gonna get in trouble, yeah, boy. You, you gonna be hurt. on your helmet. Like, oh, you got jokes, huh? My <laughs> <laughs> nephew, my <our> family. <laughs> yeah. Old school weebulation. <laughs> yeah, he'll whoop your head, boy. Um, but uh, he nah. don't even have to. He's so known out here. Somebody else, would do right? It. Somebody else would feel the yeah. disrespect. But like, yeah, that kind of stuff. Though, like, you know, in doing that, he ended up catching a little. And people like, and I heard some of his songs. They wasn't bad. Damn. They wasn't bad. I mean, you but know. without twenty two, if he wouldn't have called himself that, I probably would have never heard him. Yeah. Like unless he like like you know like I'd be on the vlogs and stuff. But everybody ain't as adamant about me. Like I'm in this field. One thing that like I really like try to push is just like education in a sense. Like I'm I I'm cool with folks that's in the trenches, and I'm cool with folks that's in school, and some folks that's in the trenches, I know, really got the belief that school is a hindrance. And because they look at things like the student loans that you acquire and how that holds you back and things like that. But it's like in going to, to college, I learned so much, like not just within the school, the classroom, from just meeting people from different walks of life and mm -hmm. learning what it was like where they was at and just traveling and getting out of my own bubble. Just, just getting out of here, cause like, as far as I knew, the world was in the four corners of the bay. Like, you know, like I had been to other places, yeah. but it was just for such a short stint of time that it was like I never had to really care about the social aspect or, or what people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just like I'm here, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, how long it take to get there? Right, you yeah. know. So, you know, I'm a real, real big advocate for going out and getting your education and just seeing what comes of it because if you don't pursue any of this that i'm teaching it's just like something that you pick up like how people do taekwondo and certain things as kids you know yeah, they just yeah. pick them up and you know even if it's something like that it's still something that you can maybe use later on in life and then it's something that you can you can one write down on like your stuff to get into college like this is the extracurricular yep. activity i have so that it helps you with that it's something that maybe you can lead to just a side job. Like you could go get a job as a, uh, like setting up stage equipment. Like a, you could be an audio yeah. engineer, you know, yeah. doing that because you're familiar with the ins and outs. Because that's one thing I also teach is like one day, part of my, one of my classes I have set up is when you'll come in and basically I have all the components of what a recording, what's set up in a recording studio, but it'll be unplugged and I'm going to teach you the, the whole audio signal chain of hooking up a studio. So if you ever go in one, you can work and you can go get a job somewhere now because that's the aspect a lot of people, that's something I learned a lot of people don't have. Yeah. Like I've been in studios with people or working with people and it's just like, bro, this is unplugged. That's all you got to do. Like what's going on? You didn't even look at that. Like, yeah. but they don't, they don't have the knowledge. Snatching stuff and, these are audio cables. You can't be pulling them from the room. I mean, just, just ignorant. Just yeah. like, and, and like, you know, people, it's so much, uh, negative stigma around the word ignorant and ignorance that it's like, yeah. oh, you getting at me? Like, no, I'm just saying you're not aware. Yeah. 
Like I'm just <laughs> that's all I'm really trying to say. I'm not yeah. trying to say like you're, you're remedial or yeah, something, yeah. you know, like you have a low IQ. I'm just saying like you're you're in the truest sense of the word, you're ignorant, ignorant. to what is going on. You don't know any better. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's not your fault. It's cause sometimes people coach the wrong way. I've been in when I was learning, I've been around some people who had the opportunity to work with artists and because of that they had a sense they had actual like, like real validation in that but it was like when i'm sitting with them and i'm listening to what they're saying and how they're doing i'm like that's wrong mm. like i was taught not to do that when in school because what's going to happen later in the mix is they're going to get over compression mm. or they're when they when they bounce this out because they mess with the eq on that level it's just gonna it's not gonna be right they're gonna have to go back on the final mix and eq it some more because they just did that and when all the everything comes together so like work, you know yeah. something it's just like yeah. little things like little things that when you really learn what the process of eqing is like you're affecting frequencies and then when you study and learn like what happens within all of these frequency ranges and how they affect the sound then it better helps you to understand how to manipulate somebody's voice mm. because um even with auto-tune you know there's certain tricks of the trade that you have to do to make it that you can do to make it smoother and it comes in the eqing process mm. but a lot of people don't know that because yeah. they're just winging it like uh i, I have nothing against self-taught people it's just my question i always like to ask people though is like where do your lessons start and end because when i start a, when you go to a class the professor already teacher professor whoever they are knows like they take it from okay you don't know anything so i'm going to teach you this and i'm going to show you the whys i'm not just going to show you how yeah. how to do this how to do that i'm going to show you the whys and if you got a good teacher, they'll show you the wins. Mm. They'll show you like when is a good time to do it, when is not the good time yeah. to do it. You know, and or, you know it's like with with quite, uh, journalism, all the W's. Like, why do I need to do this? When do I need to do this? What is this good for? What are all the things that this is good for? You know, like yeah. how exactly do I use it? Or like how is this the only way to use it? <laughs> like, you know, can I, can I manipulate this? Can I, wow. can I take this plug in and put it on like an instrument and make it sound, or can I take this plug in that's usually used on instruments, put it on my voice and get some, or, or will it just mess everything up? You know, like, is this a good idea? Like, you know, some people and, and getting that instruction can be the, all the difference maker. And like, that's what I teach with my program. Okay. Like I, I sit you down like, I want, really want you to understand because isn't like I said in the beginning, it's a science. It it falls under STEM and like all like people come and ask me often like, oh, what kind of music do you work with in your studio? And it's like, I have a degree in audio engineering, so I can work on anything because it's a, right. It's on, it's on audio. So if Brain. it makes a sound, <laughs> if there's a sound wave behind it, it, I can I can work with it. So like it's not like Oh, I only do rap, so country, like, no, because, and I understand where that question, like, as I've been in this game for a while, I understand where that question is derived from, because some people are self-taught, and all they ever worked on is hip-hop, so all they know how to do is kind of hip-hop, like, yeah. I've been in, where, in some studios when I was looking, before I created my studio, and I was, like, looking for engineering jobs, I went to a studio once where they kind of tell me, well, we got a, a, a template, basically, from another engineer, that does a lot of music for people in that area. And he gave them a template and basically they just recorded it. He has all the tracks labeled like 
first verse, second verse, backing verse, and it has like EQs and everything already preset on there. So you could just record on that and the song's supposed to be ready, just already mixed basically and ready to go. <laughs> Right, right, right. That, that, and I was just like, you know, and I was like, okay, you know, and, and that was like their way, I guess, trying to tell me like, well, we don't really need you, like, you know, so so you might want to lower your offer, like your price for what we, That's ignorant, you know, right but there. but like, but even if it, let's say, it actually was a good template and it worked right. The problem with that is, every song will sound exactly the same. There is no difference. It will sound dynamically. Yeah. See, and that's the, dynamically the same. It wouldn't bring my voice out. It wouldn't bring whoever. It, it would, or even the music. Like your whole, like yeah, your whole album will be steady, I guess, if you use that same template, perhaps. But at the same time, it just won't be. The dynamics will yeah. all be exactly the same. It'll be EQ'd the same. It'll all hit in the same way. Like I mean, you could, you know, project your voice and do different things to try to give it some extra flair. But it's just like. No song is necessarily the same. Like every, and your voice is different. You might like. It's just. I think that's bad. I, I have a feeling. I think you should just come fresh every time. Like maybe keep the same EQ presets because, excuse me, is your the voice isn't really gonna change. No. Like you're gonna if you're working with this rapper on a regular, and you get it where like yeah I really like how you got my voice sounding on this one. Yeah, you might want to say that preset because and you probably should keep that unless right. it's a different kind of a song. Yeah, right, unless yeah, it's something out the blue, like yeah, they really yeah, went yeah. for a different style. Like I'm yeah. gonna go DMX on this one, bro. Yeah, <laughs> like and it's like, oh, okay, well, if you ever do it again, I'll say I come back to this session. And, yeah, but yeah, like I don't use the same. That, that's as far as I go. As far as the same, yeah. when like, I treat every song like it's different, and it is, it is. Yeah. But some people, when they're self-taught, they just try to find like they spend their whole time teaching themselves how to get to the end goal of I need to figure out how to make a song sound good. Like, yeah, yeah. You feel me? And then they don't learn nothing else outside of that, really, until they decide, like, okay, I need to learn how to use auto-tune. Okay, I need to learn how to use... So you're just on a learning basis until you feel ready to teach yourself, whereas if you take a class, there are things that you don't even know you need to know that somebody who is within the know can teach you. Yep. So it's like when you're self-taught, where does it begin and end? Because where do you start? Because with my class, one of the first things I'm going to start with you with is just audio, like the science of audio and how it works with your ear and like what these terms are like reverb, like what is reverb? Like a lot of people and like Frank's here's one. Here's a free one for everybody. A lot of people be like, yo, put that echo on my track. There is no such thing called echo. <laughs> No such thing. It doesn't exist. It's called delay. That's what that is. When you hear an echo on the track, that's a delay. <laughs> and, you know, like, and there's actually, like, the definition of what an echo is. An echo actually, like, comes back at the same effect and strength as the original sound, in a sense. And it doesn't, like, soften as the, with a delay when it softens yeah. up as it, so like that's kind of like a the scientific difference in a sense on that like but it's just like those little things like little yeah, you, yeah put that echo in there i need that echo like okay i'm used to it so when somebody says that i know what they mean and then yeah. i just go straight to delay but like yeah you if you're a self-taught guy you might really be or girl woman you know they're a woman engineer sorry um you might be on youtube looking 
typing in, how do I make it echo? How do I make it echo? How do... And it'll come up. <laughs> and it'll come up, but it, you're getting information from people who are mistaken themselves. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, self-taught, you can learn. I've met some pretty successful people. Um, the brother, I believe he goes by Godfather. He's out of D.C. He uh, he told me he had assisted Wale when he was, like, local and coming up. Mm. He was a, He was a judge for a producer competition I was in a few years back. And um, he had made the statement that he's self-taught. And, I mean, he has a name for himself, and he helped people get there. So it's not like it's impossible, and that's not what I'm getting at. Like, oh, it's like there's a – in the audio world, there's this thing about digital versus analog. And all the old cats is like, analog is the best. You digital guys, y'all just inside the box mixing. Y'all don't know what it – you know, you're missing out on the warmth that you get mm. from using an analog device over that digital stuff. It's not for real. And um, I don't want to make it a thing of, like – book smart book taught school taught versus self-taught like no you can still achieve those things but it's like don't you think if you went to if you just learn a little from somebody who might actually know you could get a little bit more and that's the only thing i'm i'm at with that like yeah you can sit on t i I sit on google sometimes and look up some stuff and find out i'm like i hear a new technique going on in the audio engineering world and i don't have anybody i could chime in with like that's like I don't know uh, mixed by Ali, you know, or nobody like that that's like really up there that's ahead of me in the game to where it's like, yeah, I could like kind of tap into them as a friend or a business colleague or mentor or something yeah. like that. Like, hey, bro, what's going on with this? How I do that? So sometimes I have to hit the internet to learn new things because I'm no longer in school. Yeah. As far as the music programs go, it's just like a here have at it, and then it's nothing like really like where if you take this law program. They're going to start showing you different laws and things. You're going to come out of there telling somebody like, well, in, in, in our state, it's a law that says this. And you'll be able to tell somebody something that they really didn't know. But yeah. that does apply to their life, like somebody who is a real lawyer. Like, wow, that was some really good information yeah. that you just gave. And the same with if you go into one of those bio programs, you're going to come out of there with some really useful information. And when it comes to like the programs that I've taught with from Youth Radio and on, you really don't leave out of there with a lot of information. Like you leave out with, depending on who your teachers are and depending on how much time that program was given, you might know how to count a bar. You might know certain words and now quantize, you know what that means. You know, you know what a key signature is, you know, the difference between uh, lead, lead scents and pads and, you know, 808s and 909s. You'll have some of that basic knowledge, but then, like, hey, how do I make this vocal sound like it's on a telephone mm. without using a preset, without using one of the already pre- – like, if, if you were using a cell because now they have, like, telephone preset. You Damn. go – but let's say you on something and it's not there. Yeah. Like, you can create that sound, but, like, how? Like, oh, well, that's a mid-range high sound, so you have to use a high-pass and a low-pass filter and, yeah, you know, do it like that, but – and that's something that could be helpful to somebody. You know, they might be working on like an iMovie project or yeah. something and want to do something because you get the little like EQ band, I think, in iMovie and you can mess with your audio a little bit on there, I it believe. So, sound, yeah. yeah, you could do you could do a little stuff. And like with that knowledge, you could take. But like nobody's really providing that kind of stuff. Like, oh, you don't want to do the you like some people don't even know that when you're clipping, you should record it like, again. Like, don't use don't run with that. It's clipping. Like, oh yeah, yeah no. some some yeah. people are like you know they'll oh. they record it and run with that and then it'll be uh uh distorted. It is distorted. right. It'll be distorted, but they won't 
no, they won't know to turn the mic down or they could be all up on the mic. Like, they, they, you know, they're too huh. close. Some, I've, I've heard songs like that. I'm like, well, why did you go with You should have just recorded yeah. this again. But some people aren't yeah, knowledgeable. So. They're that's, just like, well, I the got point. the song down. Yeah. And, you know, so. I got you. I got you. It's, like, it's like, you know, these little tidbits of knowledge can be the difference maker and sometimes are the difference maker in, like, a good project, a good song, and not. And if nobody's really nurturing these skill, these habits, these this work ethic in you, and you really have it, and it's not a problem if you're a hobbyist, because everybody isn't gonna be the next Zaytoven, no. the next Swiss Beats, the next any like yeah. everybody isn't gonna just go there, and like it's just the truth because you have to have the passion, and then a little bit of maybe like blessing. Because you have to have an ear, like, a, you know, you have to have an ear for it, kind of. Like, now they got loops and stuff you can kind of piece together a beat yeah. if that's what you want to do. Like, But, you know, in my opinion, if you just take a whole bunch of pieces, it's not really going to have much of a soul. You know, it's like, it's, it's like you didn't put nothing in on it. It's just like cookie. It's, it's, yeah. Right. It's just, it's going to end up sounding like a cookie cutter beat. Like, oh, this is what we always hear because that's you're pulling sounds from what we always hear. Like, sometimes you can make something different, but it's just like. When I create a beat or, like, even when I've been around other people who create a beat, it's, like, really, like, they created a mood, you know, within, like, that beat, like, really sits and stands for yeah. something. Whereas when you just piece stuff together, it's kind of like, this is just a sound. But I'm not hating. Get your money. We have a website, richcitystudios.com. You can also, uh, social media, at richcitystudios, uh, R-I-C-H-C-I-T-Y-S-T-U-D-I-O-S. That's on Facebook and all that. You can also call us here at the studio at 510-374-6061. Yeah, we Rich City Studios with an S. Like, yeah, I know Rich City Stu. Cool, brother, you know. It's yeah. all good, but all right. we Rich City Studios. <laughs> right. um, uh, we enjoyed it, and um, I'll keep everybody updated. And uh, I'm actually... I'm supposed to be recording. I, I like to record at the house, but I think I'll just come. But, oh, yeah. Here. Another thing for those who may be like that, you can always email us your work, too. If you want to record at the house and then just bounce out the vocal channels or if you record on Pro Tools at the house, you can send me the, the whole session. You can send me the session for that and the session for Logic because I have Logic here so mm. I can bounce that out and mix it and fix it up for you and email it back. I'll do that as well. I have clients in Atlanta and New York who just wow. email me stuff as well. 